Welcome to Workplace Hugs. I am Rami. And I'm Shannon. And again, this is Workplace Hugs. This is a podcast where we talk about interesting things we've read or heard about lately and how it relates to our experiences in the workplace. We purposefully talk about whatever topic we're touching on today. It's grit in a few different scenarios. First, we'll hit it on the really high level, making sure we're all on the same page about what this concept is. Then we'll talk about how we've experienced it at the lowest level. And lastly, share some ways to that you can take this back into your own workplace life. Awesome. I'm so excited to talk about grit. Yes. Before we do that, though, should we, should we tell them a little bit about ourselves? Yeah. I mean, people want to hear about our lovely voices. I'll let you go first. Sure. So I'm Shannon Schottler. I'm an executive coach based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I spent the first 10 years of my career working in four different Fortune 300 companies. That's where I met Rami in one of those companies. And I've been in a variety of roles, you name it, I probably did it. A few years ago, though, I set the corporate life aside in favor of the flexibility fund and entrepreneurship. Rami, tell them, tell them about you. I'm just so excited to talk about grit. I keep forgetting to introduce ourselves. Okay, so I'm Rami. As Shannon uh, alluded to, we both worked in a humongous company. That's where our paths really diverged. I went into really tech e-commerce sales with a... The first place I was at was a unicorn, which is a fun little definition for a really fast-growing, highly looked-after company. From there, I went to a really small startup to really build out the the business side of things. And so I've really got more of those really traditional tech-slash-startup-y experiences. That's enough about me. Let's talk about grit. I'm so excited. Yes. So taking it back to the 30,000 feet level, again, I read this book called Getting Grit by Caroline Adams Miller. And it made me really, really, really want to talk about grit in the workplace. Is it good? Is it bad? But first, let's get on the same page about how Caroline defines grit. Yes, the 10, the 10 stages yes, of grit. Yes. So there's 10 authentic grit characteristics that she talks about in her book. And Rami, I'd love to again get like your quick reaction to each of these characteristics yeah let's, let's do some hot takes on on each of these i will uh i will hear them and i will decide if i think that they are truly gritty or just <laughs> just nonsense yes please the first characteristic that she talks about is positive relationship with others i think that's gritty yeah i like i think positive relationships help you not seem like a murderer interesting and my take is some of these just feel like this is what it takes to be a good human being. I don't know if they're indicative of grit per se, but we'll go with it. Okay. Okay. Let's go with three categories then. Grit, good human being, <laughs> neither. Sweet. I love it. Okay. Second one, high in hope. I think that that's gritty. I think high in hope is gritty and a good human being. I agree. It's gritty and a good human being. I don't actually, I think it's just gritty. I don't think there's anything that a good human being... A good human being doesn't have to be high in hope to be a good human being to me. I think if they want to keep living, they probably have to be high in hope. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the interest of time, the next one is humility. Wait, can I diverge for a second? Of course, uh, always. There was this really, like, delightful thing that's been trending around the internet. There's, like, a Twitter account for Satan. What? And, yeah. <laughs> So I'm prefacing it by saying that, and you're not going to believe what I'm about to tell you. But the tweet that they wrote the other day was so delightful. It was, suicide is never an option. Always outlive your enemies. 
Interesting. Suicide is right. never an option. Always outlive your enemies. That yeah. is one way of looking at it. My assumption would be that Satan, knowing that... Okay, now we're really going off topic. No, we don't need to keep going down that okay. topic. It was more just like very unexpected, but plays into my hopeful piece. I love it. Okay. Okay, number three. Humility. Ooh, I think that makes you a good human being, but I don't think that's gritty. I agree. I think it's good human being towards like, maybe not gritty. I perceive... I love humility personally, but when I think about grit, I think like, oh, humility, like that's being weak. Maybe that's my outdated... Yeah, I, I don't see it as being like, you need to be humble to like push things through. Yeah. It's a little bit of an unexpected characteristic on that one. Next one, yeah. self-confidence. I think very gritty. I agree. Gritty, gritty. Five, givers, not takers. Yeah, because I think when I think about a, a person who is gritty, uh, they're doing something. And so they must be giving a lot of things out in the world to accomplish that thing. This one falls in the good human being bucket for me. Okay, that's fair. Six, appropriate focus. 100% grit. 100% grit, I agree. Can't get anything done without focus. No. Number seven, stubbornness. Yeah, see, this is one where I think you and I disagree, and I can see you shaking your head in the way where you're not agreeing with me, (laughs) and I I like that. Uh, I think to be gritty, you do have to be stubborn. Now tell me why you disagree. So when I think about stubbornness, and we talked about this a little bit before we jumped on the podcast, I think about old school versions of grit. Stubbornness is like, as like a work ethic thing or as a drive thing. And this is where millennials get into trouble a little bit when they're, when others are assessing their grittiness, I think. So for me, stubbornness doesn't have to be about grit or or grit doesn't have to be about stubbornness. You don't need to be stubborn in order to be gritty. I think that that is fair. I think when I think about myself being gritty, I have to be stubborn to push myself down a path. What is that Bose commercial, like block out the haters? Uh, I haven't seen that commercial, but I get that. So that's how I think about it. But I see your perspective in that. If you think about it from our parents' generation, who for them, grit equaled stubbornness equaled if you had something, you never gave up on that thing. Yep. And here's the other area where I think it's harmful as I coach women is when we're being stubborn about something that is not something that we actually want to begin with. Where women have this perception, and maybe men do too, oh, I need to like keep going in this job that I hate because of this outdated rule that I need to stay in a job for two years before I can quit. Otherwise, it will look bad on my resume. I like that. I don't want to dig into that yet. So let's hold that okay, for fine. the dirt tactical level <laughs> okay. because I want to talk about that, but I don't want to derail us from getting through our last two or three here. You got it. Because I think you're right on the nose there. And I think we'll continue to disagree about the difference in stubbornness. I love it. Okay, number eight, learn from failure. I think that's good human being. I don't know if that has to be gritty. Agree. Authenticity. I think at all of the above. Yeah, good human being for me. That's not necessarily indicative of grit to me, but just it's good to be authentic. Yes. Ten, growth mindset. Growth mindset. See, this is one where... When I think about grit, I think about like specific tasks. And so I don't see a growth mindset built into that. And I see you slightly nodding, slightly disagreeing with your nod. I I see grit more in the, you, your grit towards a task or a specific thing. And so you're not really thinking about outside of that. 
This is fascinating to me because I think about grit more where grit really, grit matters in the day to day, but where grit really matters is in the long term goals. And this goes back to maybe the bigger definition of grit, that grit is passion and perseverance for long term goals. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that. I think where I disagree is I think when you're trying to be gritty to hold yourself to that goal, I don't know that everybody looks at it and says, okay, I'm being gritty and that's going to help me grow. They're saying, I put myself to this task, kind of what you alluded to with the people that you coach. And being gritty for me is holding true to that task, but maybe not thinking about it from a growth perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are the 10 authentic grit characteristics. Hope you learned something new in that portion. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. That did not feel like 30,000 feet now that I think about it. But whatever, that's what we define as the 30,000 feet level, giving us all on this, getting us on the same playing field for what grit is. And Rami, now we move into the tactical conversation. And I'm curious, go ahead. Can can we continue the piece that we had brought up before about the people that you coach and and the grittiness? And let's dig into that. Because I think in this section, we really want to be talking about tactical things. And I think that's super tactical. And then we can kind of talk about ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're saying that with some of the people that you coach, it's the breakdown between stubbornness and grit and knowing that they're being stubborn to continue to do something? I'm saying it's about stubbornness on something that you actually want to do versus stubbornness on something that you've just been told that you should want to do this thing. I think that's fascinating because a lot of times I think employers will look to take advantage of employees in that they'll go to them and say, hey, you know, these other three people didn't want to do this task, so it's probably not possible, but you want to go ahead and do this gargantuan thing uh that'd be cool and they're like what what do you mean nobody else could do that thing i guess i guess i should be the one who like proves that we can do this thing and and i think that's where you really have to understand if it's a thing that should be done because nobody else chose to do it and now it's being handed off to you mm. or if it's it's you getting taken advantage of and they knowing that setting you up that way forces you to then deliver that thing yeah, yeah. So that's interesting because you're think, thinking about it, about a task that has been given to you. And I guess I'm thinking about it more, maybe bigger scale, about being in a role that you hate or in a company that you hate and telling yourself like, oh, no, I need to stick this out because this is what gritty people do. Instead of thinking like, well, is this what gritty Shannon does? Or you know what I mean? Like gritty Shannon yeah. or gritty Rami or, or gritty whoever, like your version of the things that you want to be gritty about. Because God help us, we can't be gritty about everything all the time. Like that would be no, exhausting. No. Well, but I think about my parents' generation and I think they were gritty about everything all the time. Mm. They're very, I guess, gritty in that the mentality that my dad always tried to instill in me, which as a aspirational millennial, the idea that if you have a job, you should be thankful for it and you should just do it because they've decided to hire you, mm. I think isn't something that I connect with and is not something that I push myself to be gritty do. I think us as millennials, as aspirational, we hopefully are more self-aware and willing to put in more effort to find the right fit rather than be stubborn somewhere where we're unhappy. Yeah. And this kind of goes to an interesting conversation we were having before. Which of these characteristics are more the millennial generation versus older generations? 
older perceptions of what grit is. Because I think millennials get a bad rap for having poor work ethic or poor drive or poor grit, Mm -hmm. really. And as we look through the characteristics of grit, there's some of these that I think millennials jump off the charts with, like high in hope. People make fun of millennials because they think that they can do anything and become anyone and like start their own company and do their own thing. Well, then if you look at high and hope, they've got plenty of that. They've got a lot of authentic grit where they get into trouble is in the stubbornness or where the, I think Mm -hmm. the perception breaks down is in stubbornness. I think that's the perception. So you had asked me before we started to think of two times in my life where one, where I had grit and I was happy that I had grit. Yeah. And then one where I didn't have grit and I was happy that I did not have grit. So let's quickly talk about that first one and we'll talk about your example too. Because I think what we're saying here is exactly right. And I think for me, an example of when I had grit and I was happy that I had it, I was tasked, I don't know, my first or second year out of college in this humongous company to run a financial process for the division. I hate finances. I hate making things tie out. I've spent a lot of my time forecasting and in forecasting you have to get things to tie out but it's not following everything it's more trend based and and getting within the ranges Mm -hmm. it's not about being pinpoint accurate but in finance you need to be basically pinpoint accurate Mm -hmm. and so knowing that my manager tasked me to do this thing and run it for a great amount of people and had I chosen that I would have never chosen that had I been given the opportunity to quit or been given the opportunity not to do it, I wouldn't have done it. Uh, it wasn't presented in that way, and so I had to do it. And being young and, and, and both dumb and extremely hopeful, I think I put my <laughs> nose down to it and was stubborn to do it. And I'm really happy that I did it because I learned so much about managing large groups of people. I learned a lot about the financial process. I learned all those things. Yeah. But I think if that same task was given to me now, I would really have to think about whether or not I would want to do it. Mm. Because I don't know that I feel the same need to prove myself that I did 10 years ago. Well, it feels like it might hit in that last bucket of the growth mindset. Like it wouldn't be growing you at this point. You've already grown in that way. You've already learned that skill. So it's not something that you're reaching for anymore. Are you converting me on on number 10 here? Is that what's happening? (laughs) Now I'm converted. So I think you're exactly right because I think then it was like, oh, this is going to be really good. I'm going to grow. I'm going to prove myself. And proved to everybody else that I can do this thing that's so outside of my core skill set. Mm. Um, where now I would say, yeah, I don't care that that's not my core skill set. I don't want that to be even a minor or a, a low tier skill set. Okay, and this is opening up like a whole new domain for me about grit. And where millennials are just individuals, maybe like ourselves, we'll get to our grit scores later. <laughs> Might get a bad rep. Because I'm reflecting now and thinking, wow, I could be perceived as not gritty because I really don't like to do things twice. As you are saying with forecasting, you know, like, okay, sure, I didn't want to do it, but I'm so glad I did it the first time. But if you were to do it a second time, I don't know if you would be so glad you did it. (laughs) And I would say that I fall much in the same category of, and maybe that gives others the perception that I'm not very gritty. Like I did an Ironman once. Do I want to do it again? Nope. Does that make me? But you did it. You got that medal. You I got that medal. But like, but does that make me less gritty because I'm not a sustainer? I guess. Yeah. Where would sustaining come in in this? Stubbornness. Maybe it's stubbornness. It's Maybe that it's stubbornness. dang characteristic that we just don't seem to. That I don't seem to have. <laughs> well, and no, that's why I think it's so fascinating because if we use my example, and I, I want to hear your example because 
I think it's one of those things that over time you start to become more self-aware of where you want to be gritty and where you want to be, I don't know, quote unquote stubborn. Yeah. But, but tell me your example of having grit and happy that you had it. Uh, honestly, what came to mind when I thought about that question is making the shift to entrepreneurship. So as an entrepreneur, that the, I mean, it's still tough. Sometimes you're working for yourself, you're on your own, you don't have the accountability, whatever. But I'm so glad that I've stuck it out in these first two and a half years or so. There were so many times where I wanted to run and it would be easy to run where opportunities would come my way to like, you know, whatever, get back to the corporate world. But I have honed my grit characteristics, I would say, because of sticking around in it with entrepreneurship, my growth mindset, you know, the things that I'm learning. Oh my God, the things that I'm learning. It's mind blowing for me. I think too, because it's something you're passionate about, it's easier for you to continue to be gritty and stubborn and, and kind of push down that path. Yeah. I think for millennials, and I think the the younger you are in that millennial spectrum, the quicker that comes to you. Mm -hmm. I think with someone like me, who I think I puts myself towards the older part of the millennials, that's how I was. I, I didn't have that inherently built in as a younger person because I wanted to prove myself, right? Yeah. But now as an older person, it's what what gets me excited and how do I become really gritty around that thing and push that thing through and, and even maybe build my role around doing those types of things where I spend 80% of my time being gritty and stubborn about the things that I want to be and only the 20% where maybe it doesn't matter as much and maybe it's not a huge piece of your role doing the things that you know that you don't want to have grit around. Yes. And my take is that I hate to say this because I hate it when people say this, but I think that awareness, does it only come with age? I don't know. I feel like when when I think about my my friends, my coworkers, all these people who are much younger than me, they're much more willing at a younger age to, to unroot and run away. Hmm. And I don't say run away. Sorry, I won't say run away. I'll say like realign and run towards this new thing that they want to run towards. And what do you attribute that to? I would think, I don't know. I don't know, right? I can make broad generalizations about them having the internet younger, all of these other things that make them who they are. But I think it really has to do with all of us as a millennial generation want to invest our time, our resources, our grit towards things that we're passionate about. Yeah. Whether it's the type of role or the industry that we work in or whatever we're working towards. And I think that's where we want to spend our grit. And so we're willing to be super gritty and stubborn to the point that we won't do some entire role or job that we don't align with. Yeah. And perhaps more relevant to our conversation, how do you perceive their grit when you see these people realign? I think what's interesting is I've worked with a few younger people who've kind of come into roles, did it because it was the first job they got. They did it for a while. They kind of proved themselves. And then at a much younger age than I ever did, start to say, okay, but what industry do I want to put my skill set towards? What product what type of role do I want to put myself in? And they make that pivot a lot sooner than I see us older generations do it. And honestly, I think if we took a poll of all of our parents and we said, hey, when you think back on your career, what would you have rather spent your time doing? Did you end up doing that? Like, do you look back on your career and say, okay, I got into this. I was whatever it was. And that's what I wanted to do my whole life. I became a businessman and I stayed a businessman and I sold these things. Yeah. I think there would be a lot more regret. Yeah. I would say for me, when I, 
when I would see individuals realign before my own realignment, I love that term, by the way. It's not running away. It's realigning. Yeah. (laughs) I would make that mean something. I hate to say this, but I know that it's true. I would make that mean something about how I perceived them, their grit. Oh, like you're, you're not as strong as the rest of us who are sticking it out in corporate America. But now being on the other side, I have a much different perception. I have a much different perception. And I actually think that aligning to your passions, gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this, takes way more grit than sticking in the comfy corporate job. One bazillion percent. Is that a number? One Google? I am going to take it as a number. And I just had that aha of like, oh, shoot, I used to judge these people all the time. So I don't know, maybe that doesn't happen for people until you know what it's like. I can think On the of, other side. Yeah, yeah, I can think of a past employee that I had who quit after six months and we're still in touch. And at the time I maybe judged her harshly, but she was so passionate about nonprofit and wanted that to be her life and her purpose and her mission. And she is doing it now. So it's interesting to think about this in hindsight. And hear her story of just how hard it is and feel my own story of like, wow, it's tough when you're really passionate about something to stick to it. And I would argue that that's more grit building than maybe what what individuals who critique millennials for pursuing their passions might think. I agree. I think when I think back at the corporate job that you and I shared, as people left, it was always like, oh, they can't, they can't, they just can't. They can't hack it. They can't handle it. Yes. Yes. And now I think about in my previous role everybody who would leave to go do the next exciting thing for them like it was always such an exciting time for them to be like you're doing the thing you want to do you're going to the place you want to be whether it's the location is so much better for you or like the fit at the company is or the product whatever it was it was always such a exciting change yes to the point now where people leave i always get really excited for them Mm. because it's always most of the time i'll say it's their choice to do that and so they're choosing to make that change yeah and i get really excited which i don't think is the common thread across most people when they leave they're always like oh you're leaving us here like thanks a lot yeah but i think it's no you're choosing the really difficult decision because we like you to go and do something else because there's a, a passion or, or some alignment that works better for you yes yes okay great conversation do we want to talk about a time when you lacked grit and you were glad of it or have we kind of already yeah had it? No, 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 let's do that. So, uh, do you want to go first? No, you. Okay. So, I remember being tasked to write up this humongous process that was really dense and required just so much work. And so, I started doing it. And then, the more and more I asked about it, it didn't seem like it was going to be needed for any reason. And so, I never really finished it. Like, I have lots of open OneNote tabs about this process that I just never went anywhere with. And... No one's really bothered me about it, and I'm really happy I didn't do it because it was something I did not care about. Oh, interesting when that happens. What's yours, Shannon? What do you got? A time when I liked Grit, uh, after I was laid off from the company where we both worked, I only stayed at that next role that I went to for four months. (laughs) So I broke all the rules of like, stay for a year or two years to make sure your resume doesn't look disjointed. And I left, and I'm really glad that I lacked, quote, grit in that moment, the stubbornness of sticking to that, because there were many wonderful people at that company, but I just felt like, I'm not going to grow here. I'm not going to grow my skills here. I'm not going to grow, I'm not going to grow my skills. There wasn't a culture that aligned with mine in the sense of really like pushing and maximizing and trying to 
make the most of it. There was a culture of complacency, I would say. Yeah, and I think that it's tough because at the beginning of your career, you, you're you so hungry, you have all this energy. Uh-huh. And so you want to keep like chewing off more than you can, biting off more than you can chew. And I think as you get further and further along in your career, either you continue to have that and you continue to say, okay, I want, I want that tough, really unknown situation. I want to kind of forge my way through and really just put my nose to the the grindstone and pull out as many metaphors as humanly possible. <laughs> but I think that complacency might come also with the end towards the end of that time as well in that, Hey, I've kind of proven myself enough times and built out enough things that maybe at this point I want to get into that kind of comfortable, complacent place, but like at a much higher level. So like yes. I can still make decisions, but not need to continuously prove myself. Like my, my, what do they call it? Their CV proves itself. Yeah. My LinkedIn background and references. Yes, yes, yes. So should we hop into the the take-homes, the, yeah. the eye level let's, of this? Let's bring it all home. I hope this was a helpful conversation for all of our listeners out there <laughs> and hearing about our own experiences. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? We have listeners. <laughs> I mean, maybe. The, uh, the thing that I would say, when you think about being gritty, and we talked about the 10 types of grit and the 10 things that go into being gritty. I would say you really always have to think about, take a step back and say, am I doing this thing? Whether it's a role, whether it's a task, whether it's, it's something that you're investing a lot of time into and think about if that's something with that growth mindset, that is where you will get you where you want to be or is developing something that you actively want to develop or know that you need to develop. Mm -hmm. There's a, I think a backwards mentality, and maybe this has changed over time, but you're told your strengths, you're told your weaknesses or your opportunities or however you want to phrase it, and you're told that you should work on your your opportunities because they're holding you back. And I don't know that I agree with that. I actually, I know that I disagree with that. I think you will succeed in life based on your strengths. And so you should invest as much time as possible in making your strengths even stronger because that's what will cause you to succeed. The only time I think you should ever be investing time into your opportunities is when it's holding you back. Like when there's something that you're actively doing that is keeping you, it's it's adding friction to your life and you're not functioning as frictionless as you could. Yeah, I like that. And I'm wondering if my ticket home tip might contradict that. It'll be interesting. Let's hear it. Uh, One of my takeaways from the book was when she offered the suggestion of asking yourself, what did I fail at today? Or a different iteration of this is some people keep a gratitude journal. She suggests keeping a journal where you reflect on three hard things you did today that might have pushed you outside of your comfort zone. I like this. For me, there are times where I I guess it depends on what phase in life stage you're in where you want to reduce the friction points in your life. But then I think there are also times where there might not be enough friction in your life and you might not be growing very much if you're finding it hard to think about something that you failed at today or thinking about something that was really hard for you today. I would question, are you pursuing something worthy? I don't know. Maybe that's the... But but I think... So I I can see where you think we're going to disagree. I don't think we do because what you're saying is... As you look to do things, do things that are challenges. Yes. Don't, don't take the easy path. Yes. And I think that that's fair. Yeah. I think when you think about yourself, focus on the things that you know 
are going to help you succeed and only work on the things that are holding you back when when they're actually holding you back. Yep. The, the thing that that I really like about what you're saying that makes it very hard for me is if I had a journal of all the things that were really tough for me, I'm perpetually optimistic. I think I could handle having this really depressing journal <laughs> of all this stuff that I've just failed at. I don't know if I just started to like dig into that, how good I could continue to feel. Mm. But I, I think it's super empowering to say like, look, I failed at these things. Yeah. And maybe if it's the, I feel that these things is too tough doing the three hard things in the sense of like something that you did that was hard today, but you're proud you did it and celebrating that. That I really like. That I really, really like. Yeah. Like what was really hard, but you're so glad that you did it, even though it was the hard thing. Like I remember, we're going, sorry, I'm going backwards instead of forwards. I remember figuring out taxes for the first time as an entrepreneur, and it was the most empowering thing I had done in a really long time (laughs) to figure out like, okay, here are the forms that I need to fill out. Here are all my receipts. Here's where they categorize them. It was just this seemingly little thing, but it felt really hard at the moment. And I felt so good after I got through it. And I feel if you need help with your business taxes, I can help you because now I know what's up. (laughs) That's fantastic. I think, but I think that's it, right? When we think about looking back on our day, we should be looking at the things that were tough and that we got through them. Yes. And maybe that's one of those things that bring you closer together in your relationships, right? Mm. Like it's the, how was work? It was, oh, here are the things that were really tough for me today, but I feel really good that I've gotten through them. Yes. So whether you're writing them down or sharing them with your partner, your roommate, your your plants and your pets, I think that's probably a, a good way to to recap the day. So no matter how tough or easy the day was that you feel like something got accomplished yes yes beautiful okay Rami what are we going to talk about next week so we were talking earlier about an article that's just kind of whiz banging around what's the name of the article or what's I'm, gonna, the... I'm gonna literally search for it right now it's something about burnout and millennials with that being said it's quite a dense article I think the idea of burnout and millennials and it becoming such a key thing in the last few days and few weeks I think I would want to talk about that one, to force myself to read through this article. I think two, to kind of get your take on it. And I, and I want to read a lot of the news articles about that article to kind of see what the different takes are or if they're all kind of the same. I love it. I was intrigued when I saw it on LinkedIn and even more so when I hear how much press it's getting. Yeah. Absurd. All right. Uh, so so we'll talk about that. With that being said, I've been Rami. And I've been Shannon. And, and uh, this is Workplace Hugs. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.